excited that you're here to join us at Broadway 1109. If you're new with us, maybe you're a guest, this is your first or second time here, we want to get to know you a little bit better. We're honored that you spend time with us, and so uh, we want to return the favor and get to know you a little bit. There's a Connect card perforated on the edge of your bulletin. We hope you got one of those as you came in. If you would, simply fill that out. You can tear it off, and then you can drop it either in the offering plate in a few moments, or if you miss that, that's okay. We've got some black boxes located at the back of our sanctuary at our welcome desk. You can drop that in there, and uh, that's just our way of getting to know you a little bit better and how we can best minister to, to you and your family. Uh, again, we're excited that you're here. We're, we hope that you're paying attention to your bulletin and the screens as you come in so that you can uh, keep up to date on what's going on here at Broadway. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up, uh, including our revival starting next Sunday, so we hope that you will join us for that. Uh, I want to take a second and introduce you to Ron Griffith. Ron is the chair of our personnel committee, and uh, Ron's going to share with us for just a few moments. Let's stand as we continue to worship together this morning.
us that come forward for our time this morning. God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that your word promises us that uh, Lord, you work all things together for the good of those who love you. And so, Lord, this morning we, we rest in that truth. We rest in your faithfulness and your goodness to us. Lord, I pray now that as we move into the time of our service where, Father, we give back a, a portion of what you have blessed us with, God, I pray that you would take our gifts, take our tithes, our offerings, Lord. Uh, may we give generously and, and out of a heart filled with gratitude for what you have given us. Lord, I pray that you would take those gifts and that you would bless them to further your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' powerful name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment as our ushers begin to pass out baskets.
sacrifice, his death, his burial, and his resurrection three days later. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have in that. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Time with our missionaries, uh, not only this week, uh, but moving forward, is going to be so important to me as I seek to lead the IMB because there's a lot of missionaries know that I don't know, that I can't know, I won't know, unless I have the opportunity to hear from them. Really the main uh, reason that I wanted to be here uh, was to encourage our missionaries, to let them know uh, that uh, I, I'm here to serve them, that that's the reason uh, I feel the Lord has placed me in this role, to uh, listen to them as they shared the, the victories and the successes and their excitement about the work, uh, but also to hear them as they talked about those struggles and challenges uh, and to hear their own testimonies. It's, it's not easy work out here, whether they're here for a year, uh, two years, or, or some of our personnel here have been here for 20 plus years. Just the way God is working uh, and to be able to see that here uh, firsthand uh, has been a tremendous encouragement to me. I also had the privilege of bringing uh, some of my family members with me this week. Uh, my wife, one of our daughters, accompanied me, and, and that was uh, important as well. I want them to know what the Lord is doing around the world. I want them to know what we are a part of as a family. And they need to understand uh, the work because many of them are uh, our families serving together on the field and doing so uh, with with a smile on their face, with a great commitment to representing the Lord Jesus well. It was also great to hear the testimonies of those they're working with. I uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to meet many people who have been won to the Lord by our missionaries and who are now being trained and equipped uh, to serve. God bless you, and we are happy to see you together in Christ Jesus. Some of the testimonies, particularly uh, from the refugee camps, uh, were heart-wrenching. To, to see children living in an orphanage there. Our missionaries are ministering to them, but to know that many of those children made their way from war-torn lands, and some of them unaccompanied by adults, making their way across the border and now finding themselves in, in refugee camps with no one really for them until uh, they met believers in those camps and until uh, they met uh, our missionaries ministering in those camps. And now to see the hope that those children have uh, even uh, though they have suffered horrific hardships and even though they live in destitute poverty, they have found a capacity to forgive. They have found joy in their lives. There's a, there's a smile on their faces. There, there's happiness. We're seeing uh, people being reached. We're seeing uh, people being discipled. And we're seeing churches being planted. We're seeing darkness being pushed back, uh, lostness being overcome with the truth of the gospel. And so to be here with them, to travel the dusty roads and the city streets with them was a good chance for me to, to better understand how we can support them uh, and to know that they need a place to live and they need a truck to drive to do their work. And that's been provided through the generous giving of Southern Baptists. Uh, able to be reminded of how vital that support is to the work that's taking place all around the world. we had the chance to, uh, to walk alongside of them. Uh, it'll change, uh, I think, in a, in a very positive way how I approach this job.
That was a video there from Paul Chitwood, the president of the IMB, sharing about how he serves and certainly is doing great work there with our mission board. And speaking of service, that is what I'm preaching on this morning. So if you have your Bible, and I hope you certainly brought it, or you can look at it on the screen, it's in, we're going to be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15. You'll want to turn in there. Also, if you have a bulletin, you want to pull out your bulletin right now, there are two bulletin inserts. Uh, one you'll be able to see, follow along with uh, the sermon here, and uh, there's a fill, one fill in the blank. On the back side, I'm going to be preaching about service and ways you can certainly work and do um, uh, use your gifts for the Lord. You will see a help-wanted list. One of the things with churches, uh, frequently you come to church, and you hear about, okay, I want to serve, and I know people are serving, but how can, how can I plug in? Is there like a list? Is there like uh, an employment office? Well, here, here's the employment office. Here's the list. You can look here, and I've gotten folks, a variety of folks. Now, there's a variety. You know, when you sign up, like we need a fourth and fifth grade Sunday school teacher. You know, when you become a Sunday school teacher, you become a Sunday school teacher for life. If you're not looking for a life job, Maybe down at the very bottom, we're serving 100 ham and turkey sandwiches. That's a one-time event at Lafayette High School for their, for their football team, for their JV and freshman football team. So you look at that list, pray over areas. And I want to say, you, you're here at the 1109 service. You know, there's opportunities at 9 o'clock that you can serve. You just get here an hour before Sunday school. You serve then, and then you go on. You, you view Sundays through the lens. I'm here to give my time to God, and that's what I'm going to be preaching on. So definitely take a look at that. I'll be referencing that in a minute. Um, Jim Hurd, our associate pastor here at our church, he, um, we've got revival coming up beginning next Sunday. And I'm about to talk about that in a minute. He's uh, made a really good handout about Elijah and his prayer life this week. I want to encourage you to pray over that, read over that, and see how prayer is very powerful and certainly does work that's how god's chosen way to work through us through our prayer life so those are two valuable bulletin inserts next sunday if you show up at 1109 you will be walking into the music now the band, band and the choir are playing together uh, next sunday we're going to go back for one sunday only to a combined worship service and we're doing this to kick off our revival have a great beginning with that service and so at 9.30, it's Sunday school. So Sunday school's at 9.30. The morning worship service is at 10.45. So if you show up next Sunday at 11.09, you might walk in during the offering, which you still come at 11.09. Just be, what would that be, 24 minutes late. So uh, is that right? Yeah, 24 minutes late for the worship service. So um, definitely, uh, if that's what time you come, you just show up 24 minutes late. But um I want to encourage you to be here. Next Sunday, we have a gentleman named Keith Cook. He's an evangelist out of Nashville, outstanding preacher. I think a few months ago I showed a video about him, uh, some of his work. So he's going to be here preaching next Sunday morning at 1045. Next Sunday night, he'll be here at the 6 o'clock service. And Keith will be uh, preaching that evening service, as well as we have Dave Hyland, and Scott Collins, who will be leading the worship that night. Monday night, we have revival. You know, we haven't had a revival in seven, eight years here at the church. Monday night, it's first responder night. 
So at 5.30, if you're a first responder, if you're a fireman, police officer, or a, a paramedic, we have dinner for you and your family downstairs below us, directly below us at 5.30. So that's our first responder dinner. Then at 6.30, we have a revival service, and we have a, the police chaplain. He'll be sharing a testimony. It'll be a, uh, it will be recognizing all our first responders. It'll be a very powerful service on Monday night. It's probably been a while since we've been a church service on a Monday night. Tuesday night is what we're calling Armed Forces Night. So if you're in our military, if you're a veteran, if uh, you're a, maybe a family member of Armed Forces personnel, this is your night. I want you to be here at 530. We'll have a dinner. Then at 6, 630, we'll recognize, uh, or the choir's going to be singing, patriotic music. We'll recognize and honor our military. Keith Cook will be preaching. Wednesday night, that's September 11th. We have, that'll be our last night of revival. That's youth night. Zach's going to serve pizza to the entire church and the youth. So, Zach, you raise your hand here. So, he'll be serving you pizza. You come at 5.30, eat Zach's pizza. And then right afterwards at, five, at 6.30, we have our revival service. We hope to have baptism that night. So, decisions that are made on Monday and two, or maybe say Sunday or Monday, someone gets saved and never, you've never received believer's baptism. On Wednesday, September 11th, you can get baptized at Revival. So it'll be a very special baptism service that last night. It'll be a fantastic way to conclude. So I want you to invite your friends, invite your family. It'll be a great time to come in anticipation for the Lord to move. So it'll be a very powerful Revival service with an outstanding speaker. I know you'll really enjoy this guy, Keith Cook. So that's what you're going to be praying for as well as planning for all this week. If you have your Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to be reading these verses. There are 10 verses here we're going to be looking at. This is part of a greater sermon series on revival. And today is the, is the day before Labor Day. Labor Day is the one day off you get from working. So we're going to be pre- I'm going to be preaching about serving and working here in the church. We as believers, as Christians... God wants you and I to work for the Lord. When you got saved and you gave your life to Jesus, He did not want to save you so you can sit in a, a pew and uh, sit soaking sour, as old old preacher uh, um, slogan would go. No, you're saved for the purpose of serving. God wants you to give your time to Him. How you guard your time is what matters to the Lord. And it certainly matters uh, to God for that. Before we read these verses here, I want to thank our church. Last Sunday night, we had a concert by His Heart. Great group. They came and performed. And right in the middle of that concert, we had a special time of prayer for a young man named Stephen Huff. Stephen Huff is battling leukemia. He's down at MD Anderson Hospital in Houston. His parents are very active in our church. We had a special prayer service. His wife is April. She came up on the stage, or her family. She's still down there. He's fighting for his life. He's going through a very uh, extensive chemo treatment down there right now. And we had a love offering that night for him. And uh, Vicki Sims here shared with me that it was our largest love offering in the history of our church. We collected over s- almost $6,800 for him, which is just outstanding. So I want to thank you for... Uh, giving to that, that was wonderful. Be a blessing to his family to have uh, very uh, unexpected expenses, and your giving helps this family out. 
they are a wonderful family and good for us to be able to certainly support as well as our largest love offering here. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. But we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies. We're going to talk about that word here in a minute. It's a busy body. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet don't consider him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Those are ten verses there we're going to look at. This is a message on service. And the answer we're going to come to here is God worth your time do you know you guard your time we all guard our time and what we give our time to actually shows what matters to us you know one of the challenges with us when we see something like this little handout here on the back side the help wanted and you read through that and it says here oh look sound video lighting pro presenter team that's our sound team up there chris wright is in charge of that so what happens is, so for some of us, some of us, we come at 1109, but at 9 o'clock we're at home or you're getting dressed, you're getting ready to come to church. Well, you come to church at Sunday school, but you're not here at the early service. And there's a need here in the church. So what happens is, you walk down the hallway, and Chris sees you, and he says, Hey, brother, man, I'm so glad to see you today. I was just seeing, I know you're so faithful to love no nine service. But is there any way, we're dying for sound and video and tech guys up in, up in the sound booth at 9 o'clock. Is there any way maybe you could get here and start coming an hour, hour and a half early and start serving on the tech team at the 9 o'clock service? That's a genuine concern, question. We ask that question all the time. You hear it all the time. So this is how we answer. I tell you, I do this too. <clears throat> Chris, Jesus loves you. You're a good man. I appreciate you leading our college ministry and the 1109 worship. You are a superstar. Buddy, I'm so busy. I tell you, I love Broadway. I love the Lord, but I just... I just can't do it right now. But listen, I'll be praying for you. You keep up the good work. Jesus loves you. And you walk away. Guys, when we have that attitude, 
when we are at the point where we guard our time so much that any opportunity that comes our way is we give the friendly, you're a good man, but no. You're a good woman, but no. I love you. I love Jesus. No. No, 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 no. If that is how we answer every single question, I want you to know the church suffers. Jesus suffers. You can find yourself just going around and saying no to everything. Now, I know there are seasons in our lives. There are times in our lives that we are busier than other times. And there's a time to say no and a time to step away and say, hey, I am literally swamped. I just can't do it right now. But for a lot of us, we're at the point where we've gotten so good at saying no, we guard our time so much that we never say yes to the Lord. We never allow the Lord to use us. We really, we're not serving God. We are finding ourselves as what the Bible calls here, idle. In fact, we're going to see three warnings from these verses. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6 right here. It says, Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister, look at this, who is idle. Idle. They're idle. What the word idle means, idle people are dangerous. They pull you down. Idle people are people who are actually busy. They're actually, they're, a good phrase would be they're actively idle, meaning they do tasks without meaning. They're really good at tasks, but they're not serving the Lord. All right, I'm going to give a couple examples of this. These are things in our life. If you want to serve Jesus, you have to push back on this. Now, these examples aren't us. They're other people. So, Do you know anybody that watches six or seven hours a day of TV? They turn the TV on, and it's show after show after show. Video game after video game after video game. Movie after movie, after movie. And they, w they go to bed. Again, it's not you, it's those people. They go to bed, and they think, I've done nothing today. Literally, nothing. I watched every possible show there was, and movie, and played video games. That is an example of being actively idle. You were busy. You conquered level 53. You watch that TV show that you've been watching for years, and you already know the ending of it. You've already seen the TV show. That is being actively idle. The Bible tells us we have to be careful of those types of people when we hang around because they pull you into it. You will find yourself doing things that are pointless. That's not kingdom work. You know, think about the Internet. You ever go on the Internet? Do you know right now on your phone, you can actually look up anything in the history of the universe that's ever occurred. About anything. Any topic, anywhere. I bet there, if this TV were to break right now, there's probably a YouTube video somewhere of how to repair this, this exact model of this TV. Now, that actually could be useful. But anything you want, 
It's there. You can find yourself getting sucked into this and just scrolling the Internet. I mean, my goodness, social media is a perfect example of this, where you're just mindlessly spending hours reading and watch following people's lives that you really don't even know. They don't, you don't even know who these folks are. And you're just watching them and following them. Guys, that's idleness. It's not fruitful. It doesn't do anything for God. It doesn't do anything for the kingdom. You're not using your hands. You're not serving. You're just going through the internet. You're looking at pictures. You're reading about people, things you don't even like. Do you know, do you know anybody who watches the news? I mean, I found myself getting sucked into it this past week. I was following about, did you know the Brazilian rainforest was burning? It was on fire. And I was following that. Then I realized, what can I do about that? I can pray about it, but I'm not going to go there and put the fire out. There's, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm not a firefighter. If I am, I'll go to that first responder dinner on Monday night and get my dinner at 5.30. But that's an example where you can just sit there and watch the news hour after hour after hour. You don't even know how to process this information. How does it pertain to my daily life and being a, a, a soldier for Jesus, a witness for Jesus here in our city for Lexington and living for the Lord? You know, even this week, I'm sitting there watching about Hurricane Dorian. You know, the news. I guess it's good to know, but after a one-minute news report, you've Okay, it's going to be it's going to rain this afternoon. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be hot. Put a coat on. This is actively idle lives. And if you and I aren't careful, we get sucked into this. Where we're doing things, but it's not kingdom work. We know things, but it's useless information. We're aware of everything going on in this world. We know even what's going on in Italy. Never even been to Italy, but I can tell you what's going on there. Because we've been sucked into the news. I want to tell you, the devil takes born-again believers, you and I, and he makes us idle. He puts us on the sidelines. This is rampant. It's affected the entire church. This past week, we have Gideons in our church. Do you know they went out and gave out 5,700 Bibles at UK's campus? Think about all the excuses you could have gave why you could not have done that. There were other things you needed to do. The, I believe God puts opportunities in front of us regularly. But we have conditioned ourselves to say no and that we're too busy and that we miss the blessings of serving. Serving the Lord is a blessing. It's a great honor. In the Bible, there is no such thing as retirement. We never say, God, I'm done. Oh, you get to say that when you go to heaven. But here on earth, while you're breathing, you should be serving the Lord. All right. Look here at the next Bible verse. Verse 11. Verse 11, it says here, For we hear that some of you, that they're there, some of you among you, are idle. They are not Busy, but busy bodies. What is a busy body? A busy body is someone who's in other people's business. Do you know anybody who's in other folks' business? 
You know, when we went to Hilton Head Island a month ago, we had someone watch our um, our animals in, excuse me, I worked for those animals, but they're our next door neighbor. We get back and he comes over and he tells us, and says, Daniel, I just want you to know, I called the police on someone for someone who was at your house while y'all were gone. He says, I was looking out my window and there was a man coming into your house and I called the police. But by the time they got there, he was gone. I hope your house didn't get broken into. Do you know who that man was? That was the guy feeding the dog and the cat and checking the mail. Now, that might be good, good neighborly. You have to wonder, okay, we didn't ask this guy to watch our house. He just took it upon himself. I'm going to keep an eye on the Osmonds' house. He didn't know we were gone. But he saw somebody, so he called the Lexington Police Department. That could be an example of a busybody where you're in other people's business. When Sherry and I got married, her and I were different in one main area. I'm the type of guy, I call my mom once every seven to ten days. You know, I'm a seven to ten dayer. I just give her an update about every week, week and a half, every now and every two weeks. Well, Sherry, she has sisters. In week two in our marriage, I realized something very quickly. She called Mama every night and gave her the daily update. And the daily update involved me. Everything I did went to Sherry and then to Regina. The woman knew everything. And I had to quickly say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do we call Mama every night and tell her everything we did? Is this like, is this gonna, how it's going to be the rest of our life and the answer is yes it is and it still is i'm just curious here who here calls mom every day every day daily update we got five people all right who here is like me seven to ten days you just you know when you can you know there we go majority the morning service we had m- more folks called mama every day this service we're that seven to ten days that means we're too busy to call mama <laughs> or there's more men here uh, so with that so but uh anyway I share that because that is an example, I guess somewhat of an example, of you can be in other people's business. Now, I don't think necessarily telling mama what's going on is necessarily a busybody, but it could be, I guess, if it was all gossipy all the time. But when you find yourself talking to about other people, keeping your eye and watching other people, being in other people's business all the time and worried about what they're doing, the Bible's saying, no, when you're doing that, you're not serving the Lord, you're serving them. You're following and watching them. Our focus on, on the Lord is serving Him. God, use me. Make me a worker. God, what's your plan for me? What's my relationship with Jesus is about serving Him. That is what the Bible is warning us. That this church here in Thessalonica that Paul is writing to, they were just in everybody else's business. They're busybodies. One of the things that was going on here in the context of this Bible verse is what's happening is the church in Thessalonica, they literally thought Jesus was about to come back any second. So their attitude was, since Jesus is about to return, let's just sit around and do nothing. In fact, we'll be in everybody else's business. And the scriptures are telling you and I 
that we are to have a service attitude, not to be idle, not to be a busybody. Last thing we're going to see here. Look at verse 13. We should not tire in doing the right thing. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. God expects us as believers, us as followers of Christ, that we constantly are doing the right thing. It's not something to grow tiresome about. Do you know, when you get weary, when you get tired, do you know what happens? You become negative. Tired and weary people start complaining. They start griping. They're exhausted all the time. And the Bible is saying you shouldn't be hung up on things that just pull you down, drain you. You never tire of doing good. You should not leave church. You should not leave serving the Lord saying, I am so tired. God, that is just too much. I'm exhausted giving my time to God. The Bible's telling us we do not grow weary of doing good. Here in your bulletin, do you know what Paul was? If you look here, the word tent maker is your used on your bulletin insert. In Acts chapter 18, verse 3, the Bible says that Paul was a tent maker. A tent maker was someone, obviously, we don't live in tents today, but back 2,000 years ago, it was very common to live in a tent, especially if you traveled. You would literally pitch a tent on the side of the road. Paul made those tents, meaning he had a side job. He had a profession that he would do to make income, yet also he served the Lord. And he used his tent-making business as a way to put him in past, put him in people's past so he could share the gospel. What a tent-maker is, is someone who is using their career as a way for also gospel opportunity. For example, in 2019, a tent-maker is someone who uses their job to support the mission of the church. Your tithes support our church. Your giving supports this church. It supports reaching Lexington for Jesus. Someone who uses their job to be a witness for Christ. You know, when you go to work, you are in contact with people who do not know the Lord. And I want to tell you, a lot of those folks you probably wouldn't be friends with. You never even see. But because y'all work for the same company, your lives collide. And God has brought them in your path. He's brought them in your classroom. He's, you're a schoolmate with them. For the purpose, not just being their friend and working there, for the purpose of sharing the good news. That's what Paul was. He would go to the University of Kentucky, go there and say, hey, I'm at UK, but I'm here going to tell people about Jesus at UK. And number three, now this is important. Someone who uses their job to share Christ with an unengaged, unreached people group. You might work with a Muslim from Saudi Arabia. You want to know something? You would never know that person unless y'all worked at the same place. In fact, your only thing you might have in common with is we're both employed by the same company. But by you having that one thing in common, that intersects your lives for the purpose of telling them about the Lord. You're a gospel witness at your job. So when you go to work, not tomorrow, because tomorrow is a holiday, but when you go to work on Tuesday, you need to have the mindset and thinking, I am here as a tent maker. I have a job, got to make money, stuff costs stuff, 
but I'm also here mainly as a great and bold witness for Jesus. That's how Paul viewed life. He looked at his career as a calling. God's raising you up as a teacher. God's raising you up as a student or as an electrician for the purpose so you can tell other folks about the Lord. You can be a witness for Jesus. God, He does not call us to be lazy, to go on trips or sightsee the world. We don't see that in the Bible. We're not called to, to go out and do these things. We're called to serve Him. God wants you and I this morning to be able to answer the question, am I serving the Lord? We give our time, our work, and our service to God. That's what we give to God. Time, work, and service. This morning, you guard your time. And God is asking, Daniel, will you give it to me? Can I be the Lord of your time? Does God own my calendar? Does God manage my schedule? When opportunities come up, and they will, when you start having the attitude, God, I'm yours, watch the opportunities that come your way. God wants His Son, Jesus, to be made known and to be lifted on high. He wants every church in this city to flourish. He wants believers working through the kingdom. He wants students to go to school and be a witness to their other classmates. Wherever you're at, whatever season you're in in life, God is using that. We never retire. We are not to be idle. We're not to be busybodies. We give our hands to God and say, Lord, I'm yours. I don't want to tire in doing the right thing. And the right thing is the Lord's work. I'm going to invite our band to come forward, Chris. We're going to have our invitation. It's a time of response for you to make a commitment to God. If you have never accepted Christ in your life, if you've never experienced what it means to serve, you can get saved this morning. We are saved to serve. We, serve, we give our lives to Jesus. We repent of our sins. We place our faith in Jesus. And then we're saying, I'm, here, I'm yours, Lord. I'm here to serve. This morning, this Labor Day weekend, there's needs all around this church and our community for you to be on mission with God. If you want more, if you want revival in your life, guys, this is where it's at. I want you to say, God, I'm yours. If you want to give your life to Christ, I'll be standing down front. You can make a decision. If you want to get baptized on September 11th at Revival, you come forward and say, Pastor, I want to, get, I want to follow in Believer's Baptism. I want to be part of that Revival Baptism. What, what's going on? God is calling us not to be idle. Idle people sit in the pews. Idle people are busybodies, meaning you're actively idle. You're just busy doing it in other people's stuff. Say, God, I'm here for you. Let's stand together. Chris is going, the band's going to lead us in her song. I'll be waiting for you to respond to the gospel this morning.
about our daily lives as we leave this place. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. One quick reminder, well, a couple quick reminders. Don't forget that next Sunday starts our revival. So for one Sunday, we're going to meet at 1045. That's our combined service. We'll be meeting with the, uh, the, the 9 o'clock crowd uh, with a choir and praise team combination. Uh, we're going to join together for one service next Sunday, 1045 service, 930 Sunday school. We look forward to seeing you there. Uh, it's going to kick off what we expect to be a, uh, a great week. So hope you'll be joining us for that and joining us in prayer for that. Uh, let's pray together as we uh, are dismissed. God, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you are exalted in it. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to, to come and join together as, as believers to, to worship you and lift your name high. God, we pray that uh, you would continue to lead us and guide us as we go our separate ways, Lord, and that we would seek to serve you in all areas of our life. It's in your precious son's name that we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a good afternoon.